Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Over this past month, we have tackled a number of concepts around forgiveness. The first week, we discovered that Jesus has the right to forgive your sins. He has the authority, he has the right to forgive your sins. Then, the next week, we learned that we need to always assume that other people are forgivable. We, they may not be forgivable, but our practice needs to be the assumption that they are forgivable, and we need to function based on that assumption that God is working on them and that they are and will be forgivable. Then the next week, we discovered that freedom requires forgiveness, that if you want the freedom to go in your life, then that requires forgiveness. Well, today I want to tackle one more question. Is forgiveness always necessary? Or, what happens, what happens when there is unforgiveness in our lives? Either unforgiveness as in we refuse to forgive somebody else, or somebody else refuses to forgive us. What happens when there is unforgiveness in our lives? And, and for most of us, we, we can think of a situation or two where we have struggled to forgive someone or we haven't even been able to forgive somebody. It may be the situation where you had a friend and one day they did something horrible, they betrayed you, they stole something from you and they stole it and they took it from you and they never gave it back and that friendship was destroyed and you have never been able to go back to that friend and that has lingered in your life and you carry that as an unforgive, unforgiven situation and you still look at them and think about what they owe you. Others of you, you can think about your relationship with your kids and maybe your kids are older, maybe they're teenagers, maybe they're adults, but you can think of a situation where they were out among other people and they said something horrible about you or they said something horrible to you. And that stung so bad that you have, there has been a rift between you and your child and there has been that gap and there is that unforgiveness lingering there. Others of you had had the situation where you were with somebody and maybe you had kids together and then you split up and somehow they got the kids and there is this massive bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness in your heart when you think about what you opened up to them and what you had with them and how they betrayed you and how they robbed you of your kids and and there is just such unforgiveness there. 
Maybe you think about a teacher or a boss or, or somebody at work who used you to cover up their mistakes. And you think about that, and that remains an unforgiven situation. And for others of us here, we've also experienced the matter of other people not forgiving us. Where you think about your relationship maybe with your parents and you think about how maybe your mom or your dad hasn't spoken to you in years because of the things that you did in the past. And as much as you reach out to them, they just want nothing to do with you. Or maybe you're the dad or the mom and you reach out to your kids and they just won't respond to you because of the things you've done. You might still have that friend, that friend who brings up to you and brings up to everyone else the things that you've done wrong in the past and they just can't drop it. Maybe there's somebody at work or at school that refuses to talk to you because of what you had done. You feel like you're still paying for how you behaved in a past relationship years ago. But you carry that and you can feel how they look at you and they have not forgiven you. What happens in these situations with unforgiveness? Well, there is a story in the Old Testament about King David. And though there is a lot to this story, and there is a lot going on, and there are tons of different elements and perspectives and angles that should be understood with this, I think when we look at how the people in this story acted, we can make the pretty safe assumption that there was a lot of unforgiveness taking place. So David had a number of kids, and one of his kids was named Absalom. And uh, Absalom was one of David's kids, and Amnon was another one of David's kids. Well, Amnon was a bit of a tool, and um, which is putting it mildly, he went to his half-sister, confessed his undying love to her, raped her, and then was disgusted by her and wanted nothing to do with her. Well, Absalom heard about this situation and he went out and he killed Amnon. He killed his brother because of what he had done to his sister. This is a messed up story, right? Okay? So that happens. And though David has a great love for his son, Absalom, Absalom runs away because of what he's done, and David doesn't go for him. David doesn't go get him. And he spends quite a while away from his family, away from King David. And eventually, somebody comes to David and says, David, you've got to bring him home. And so David says, fine, he can, yeah, he can come home. 
And so he comes back to the capital city, he comes back to Jerusalem, which is a city that David lives in. But Absalom is there for two years, and David does not once say to him, come home and come visit me. Not once. And it's not until finally somebody else comes and says, David, you haven't brought him home yet. You've got this love for him, but you ha- obviously you haven't forgiven the situation. And so that unforgiveness remains there. And David goes, you know what, you're right. Bring him home. And he comes and they visit. And that's that. Well, that unforgiveness that David, that we see David holding against Absalom, created something. Because Absalom then goes and he sits at the city gate, which in, in Old, Old Testament time, in ancient cities, they would build walls, physical walls, and they would have gates into the city because otherwise you'd have people coming in and attacking the city. And so they had to have physical barriers to the city. And he would, and so anybody coming in or leaving the city, they would have to go through one of these gates. And Absalom would sit at the gate, and anybody coming to the city, coming to see the king, Absalom would grab and say, Hey, I could fix your problem so much easier. And if we had a real king, he would do this or he would do that. And over time, what happens is Absalom gets such a following that he forms a coup and forces David out of the palace, out of the city, and he has to run for his life. And Absalom does a number of incredibly weird and harmful things to the kingdom. Well, eventually, eventually David's army, his loyal following, catch up to Absalom, and they kill Absalom. And David returns to the palace as king. Now that's a messed up story. But I think it teaches us one very important thing. And that's that unforgiveness always rebounds. Let me say that again. Let me put it up on the screen. Unforgiveness always rebounds. David didn't forgive Absalom, so Absalom formed a coup against David. Absalom refused to forgive David, and so David's army killed Absalom. It goes round and round and round. That unforgiveness always bounces back. It always comes back to bite the person that is Holding on to the unforgiveness. It always rebounds. In Matthew chapter 6, we read verse 14 that says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Great. That's great. And then Jesus says this next sentence. In verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. If you do not 
forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Unforgiveness always rebounds. If you refuse to forgive somebody, you will not find forgiveness when you need it. It will rebound on you. And we do not have control over somebody else and how they hold their unforgiveness against us, but it is very natural for us to when somebody has that unforgiveness towards us, for us then to feel unforgiveness towards them back. And the problem is that if we fall for that cycle, if we fall for that trap, and we become the bearers of unforgiveness, then it will again rebound again on us. And so what we need to do is we need to have forgiveness for others, and we need to even have forgiveness for those who are unforgiving towards us, because otherwise we will fall for the trap, because unforgiveness always rebounds. Now, I have here an ancient device. <laughs> Some of you in this room may have never seen one of these. What this is called is a telephone. And what happened decades ago was that there would be a wire that came from the wall and got plugged into the back of this thing, and you would pick it up, pick this part up, and there would be a cord running from this giant box to this handheld device thing. You would put it up to your face, and you would talk. Now, how many of you remember what you would do if you did not want to receive calls? You would take it off the hook. You take it off the hook. You just take this off, that would leave that button up, and it would, it would think that you're on the line or you're using the phone, whatever. And it's not like today when you get your cell phone and you put it on silent, like the phone still comes through, you just, it doesn't ring, right? Um, like you would have to turn your phone totally off to get the same effect. But in, back when we were using these, which really wasn't that long ago, right? Really wasn't that long ago. You would just take the receiver off the hook and you'd leave it there. And that would do something is that would keep any calls from coming through. The problem is not only would that mean that no calls came through, it meant that you weren't making a call. It blocked the line completely. If you really wanted to tick off your kids back in 2002 and you had dial-up internet, you would do this because that would mean the line was busy, they couldn't dial on to the internet, and they weren't able to make a phone call, they weren't able to use the line, and you weren't able to receive any lines. See, the thing is, we do this with people and in, with unforgiveness. 
is we say, you know what, I'm not going to forgive them. And we take the phone off the hook and we say, we don't want any calls from them. But the problem is, now the line is in use, and the problem that that creates has rebounded. To give another scenario, how many of you have ever stayed in a hotel that has those conjoined suites, conjoined rooms? And they've got those, they've got two doors. The doors are back to back, and you can go and you can unlock your door, you can open your door wide open, but the other person in the other suite has to open their door too. If they don't, the door stays locked and you can't get in. Both doors have to be open. But if one of you closes the door, then you can't get through. And that unforgiveness is, in, is a similar thing. It's you keeping that door closed. But the problem is you keep everybody out, but it means that you can't go through it either. And that's not a perfect analogy. But the reality is that unforgiveness always rebounds. It always has consequences on us. And we may, we may say, I'm going to take it off the hook because I don't want to give them forgiveness, but it also means that we are not going to receive the call of forgiveness. Unforgiveness always rebounds. So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Well, it's quite simple. We need to forgive others. And it doesn't matter who it is. And it doesn't matter what they've done. We need to be a people of forgiveness. Christ is our model he is our example. And he did not look at us and do some kind of calculation, some kind of tabulation, and go, okay, yeah, they're, they're, they, they've done this much wrong or that much good, and so they're forgivable. He didn't do that calculation. He didn't look at us and say, okay, you deserve that forgiveness, and these people, they don't deserve that forgiveness. He looked at all of us, saw us in our sin, and said, I am going to offer forgiveness to all of them. And then it will be up to them if they want to open up their sweet door or not. It's up to them if they want to pick up the call or not. But I'm going to make that call and I'm going to offer that forgiveness. And Christ is very clear in saying that if we do not follow His example, then forgiveness will not be provided to us. And no, forgiveness is not the same as trust. Forgiveness does not say, okay, everything from the past is gone and we're going to go right back to the way things were. No, trust takes time to build. And sometimes trust won't be reestablished. But forgiveness says that the debt that you have been holding over them is removed and they do not owe you anything anymore. If, they, if you want to rebuild that relationship, then you rebuild it. If you don't, that's fine. But there is no longer any debt. There is no closed door there saying that they owe you something, that they need to make something right with you. The debt that they owe you has been paid. It is forgiven. And so we need to forgive. We need to forgive. 
Otherwise, our unforgiveness will rebound on us and Christ will not call us to forgiveness. It also means that when people hold unforgiveness toward us, we should be doing what we can to resolve that situation. We need to confess to them what we've done wrong. We need to do what we can to make it right. We need to accept that God forgives us even if they don't. And then we need to forgive them for whatever unforgiveness they hold against us and move on. Move on. Because falling for the trap of unforgiveness against somebody that is not forgiving us will just continue the cycle and unforgiveness will always rebound. And so once you have done what you can to confess, to apologize, to do what you can to make it right, and you have simply accepted that Christ has forgiven you even if they won't, and you let that go, and you offer forgiveness even for their unforgiveness, move on. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's a much better option than unforgiveness. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Thank you.